What is up today? It's a beautiful day, and welcome to The Mondo Solution with your host, Jordan McDonald, and this guy over here, Brandon Wood. How is everybody? How are you, Jordan? I'm doing great. That's so weird. I didn't think you were co-hosting today, as you have every other episode. (laughs) Wouldn't it be like, in my co-host, I was like, Steve Jenkins, Leroy Leroy (laughs) Leroy Jenkins. (laughs) Who's Steve? <laughs> I don't know. It's Leroy's older brother. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, the more popular shirt. one. He doesn't go in and shoot up like Call of Duty adventures the way that Leroy does. <laughs> well, at least he's honest about it. And something we're going to talk about today is honesty and ethics and marketing. Uh, and there's so much to unpack here, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that just speaking with you off air before the show, you said a n- number of disparaging like just absolutely wrong things. Uh, and because of that, I'm no longer your loyal customer. Oh my goodness gracious. I'm going to take my pencil game elsewhere. Uh, well, it's been real. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I got to tell you, Jordan, pencils are a tough sell in this day and age. <laughs> Everything's digital. Uh, whatever. We can have a digital pencil. <laughs> you should have Jordan's pencil, the version 69, that you can, <laughs> you'll see why. <laughs> You can flip it around, and there's a stylus on the other end. Oh, sweet. You like that? Yeah. Can we charge double the price? Trademark Brandon Wood, 2023. <laughs> Put it down. You know what? I'm going to get your autograph today. It's just totally. because you have that. <laughs> Do it. So, right, as you guys know, in any factor of life, and especially in marketing as a brand, it's so important that you are transparent and mm-hmm. forthcoming and... And ethical and authentic, right? Like you need to be these things if you want to keep your customers coming around, and if you want to gain new customers. You know, there's there's nothing to be gained by uh, there's maybe a short term gain by mm. being misleading or deceptive, right? But it's it's uh it's not the end game, right? That's no. that can't be the long game because it doesn't end well. <laughs> yeah. So today we're going to go through a few examples of. Uh, unethical uh, examples of marketing that have transpired and what the companies learned from them. Yes. Actually, advertising, which I think is an important distinction. An important distinction, probably. Because those are, like, I look at advertising as, like, fixed uh, creative assets that are just kind of out there in the world for everybody to see, as opposed to, like, oh, messaging. You can, like, nuance the messaging. Speaking of messaging, if you want to hear this messaging every single week, you should like, follow, share, subscribe, click the little notification bell if you're watching us on YouTube, but you can go to Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts for the three of you that use that, um, and please follow our podcast, subscribe to it, and send us email, podcast at trimondo.com. So, sorry, didn't I just wanted to throw that in there. Yes, I really do look at a distinction between b- the broader category marketing and advertising, you know, I feel oh, like. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, advertising, uh, which would you put above in a hierarchical fashion? Marketing, I think, is the overall structure <clears throat> because advertising falls into marketing. So does networking. So does things like a podcast like this. These are all aspects of marketing, I think. And and advertising is one silo within that, I would well, say. Well said, well said. <laughs> Thank you all. <laughs> Without further ado, I'm going to share my screen here. Do it. 
and uh, we'll kick this off. All right, Shazer. So if you are listening on Spotify, for instance, and you want to see the things that Jordan is sharing on a screen, one, you can check the show notes uh, where you can actually see those links, or you can just watch this entire episode on YouTube. Either way, you can watch what we're, you can see what we're seeing. How about that? So right off the bat, I've given myself a tall order of making a descriptive paragraph of this image. Uh, Easy enough. Um, This example is going to be on the use of misleading images. Here we have uh, an Olay ad with a white woman in her middle 40s, maybe 50s. And the caption is... um, because younger looking eyes never go out of fashion. And it is an advertisement for what would appear to be some sort of product that you would apply to your face. Yeah. Bite oil of Olay. Yes. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> is it oil of Olay? Is that, the, is that still well, the full name? It's just Olay, right? Olay. Yes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> All right, so here, if there's anything that grinds people's gears, it's buying something because of the way it looks in an ad only for the actual item to bear very little resemblance to what was advertised. As a marketer or business owner, it is your responsibility to ensure that what you promise matches what you deliver. Using images that don't truly represent your product is considered unethical advertising, and it can get your brand in a lot of trouble. In 2009, ASA, the British Advertising Regulatory Body, banned an Olay ad for Definity Eye Cream for using misleading images. Olay promised that the cream removes eye lines and makes users look younger, as evidenced by the wrinkle-free 60-year-old, I was totally wrong, 60-year-old model in the ad. But it turns out that Olay retouched the ads to digitally remove the spots and wrinkles on the model's face to gauge the impression that the result was achieved using the product. Thoughts, comments, concerns. You could just send me an email. So there's an entire thing, and we we may actually come across this more in this particular article. Uh, There's an entire thing where people just get a little bit (laughs) enthusiastic about Photoshop or auto-tuning. I mean, T-Pain wouldn't exist if it wasn't for being overly enthusiastic about auto-tuning. So... I think that this is one of those cases like, look, this is Twiggy in this ad. So Twiggy, a very famous model from the 70s, right? 60s, 70s. And she's a beautiful woman anyway. But come on, man. I mean, even if it makes you does all this stuff for you, it's going to make it in a short term. And but people don't buy they don't look past they don't read the the fine print or look past whatever it is. And even now, I just while you were talking there, if you look up too much Photoshop, you'll see there are hilarious threads on Reddit and all these things like Forever 21, for instance, for the longest time, apparently hated women's kneecaps and would just like Photoshop them out. So all the models in their catalogs would have no knees. And it's weird. What? Yeah, they just had no knees. I mean, they would have the, you would see the joint, but like the skin covering it was this oddly smooth thing. So I, I, I don't know. I think that yes, there's a there's a call from for truth in advertising, but and and by the way, we're now in the age of uh, photo like photo face tunes and all these things that come with Snapchat and Instagram and all these other filtering tools that give this ideal of what somebody is supposed to look like. 
And I was telling my daughter, I have a teenage daughter who's just recently turned 13. And I said to her, I was like, you know, she's asking to wear makeup and all this stuff. And I'm, I'm okay with that. Like I'm not, I'm not super over the top with controlling that. But in an everyday setting, I said, if you want to wear makeup for it to be a special thing, A, I think you're gorgeous. And and I'm saying that objectively as I can. Yes, I'm her father and she's a beautiful girl. But like I go, if you are going to do this, be this, wear this mascara or whatever it is on a special occasion. If every day is a special occasion, then no day is a special occasion. And so, and also, by the way, she's a swimmer. So if you're constantly made up and then you jump in the pool and all your makeup comes off, there people are going to look at you and be like, who is that person? And I would much rather personally uh, be attracted to the real person. And then when they throw some makeup on or a nice dress or whatever that is, you go, oh my gosh, holy cow, you look so nice. That's where the the meat of it lies. I, I I understand why people do this because they're going for this ideal, but it's very obviously Photoshop. And yeah, I mean it's an it's an it's a example of being dishonest, quite frankly. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, it it really is. And mm. um, yeah, I I think it's easy to to see an ad and perhaps not think about it too deeply, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you start to stare at this ad, you'll realize, oh man. You know, yeah, her teeth are perhaps too white. You know, there's there's not enough wrinkles on this face. Uh, but if it, at a pass, right, at a glance, you know, it's kind of like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, pretty girl, right, older, but she has the skin that I'd love to have on myself. I mean, yeah. look at me. I got these crazy bags <laughs> under my eyes today. Like, I, I, I need to go get this Definity some product. OA definitely, or Definity. Definity, because it defies logic. Anyway. Well, <laughs> <laughs> is it so is it definity because it's like that's a weird name so i don't want to go down the bar it's like definity what do you you're like literally undefining everything <laughs> yeah. we're gonna be definity by not defining any of the lines on your face you essentially look like a blank sheet of paper with a mouth and a nose <laughs> they should have just called it olay gaussian blur you know we're <laughs> like olay you see what we're doing here right <laughs> <laughs> come on <laughs> Yeah, come on. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't know who Twiggy is. I'm surprised. Twiggy? She's a very well-known model from... If you... As I talk about the next thing, you should look up Twiggy. (laughs) Uh, All right. On to the next thing. Can you scroll for me, sir? Oh, yeah. You're trying to read that for the audience? (laughs) Thanks. Well, no, I can... I can... I have the article also up, but... um, Okay, so number two, sharing false information. Now, trying to convince buyers to choose your product by writing compelling or captivating copy is one thing, but lying to them is another thing entirely. The former is acceptable. The latter is heavily frowned upon. When you knowingly or unknowingly make false claims that lead people to buy your products, it can lead to a backlash and even open you up to litigation. A good example of this unethical practice is Volkswagen's campaign that promotes environmentally friendly, quote, clean diesel, their TDI vehicles, um, that had low carbon emissions. After selling over half a million of these vehicles, it was revealed that the Volkswagen had been cheating on its emission tests in the U.S. for seven years. The cars it sold emitted pollutants that were forty ti- over 40 times higher than the allowable limit. As such, the company was sued and is facing fines and payouts of, payouts of up to $61 billion. So, <clears throat> we're also, <clears throat> excuse me, I find in an age of semantics, 
and people play these like word tricks where they're like um i can't i'm having a hard time thinking of an example and they're like oh well we're just saying this is clean diesel because it's cleaner than other diesel in the past by 0.1 micron of carbon emitted per thousand hours of driving technically that's true people do this in our industry and i i'll say this when it comes to seo so search engine optimization not to go down the road of digital marketing too much but when it comes to seo somebody goes hey jordan i promise you for your pencils within the next 12 months you are going to see seo results you're going to see positive results well if for the jordan's number 69 pencil <laughs> just being childish for the jordan's number 69 pencil you rank um i don't know let's say 85th on google and then you start working with an agency and you become over the next 12 months you get to 79th technically that is a positive a net positive result so were they lying no is it the result that you want no. So these people play a lot of semantic games. This case, these guys are just lying. <laughs> so with Volkswagen and the clean diesel, like I think that that's fantastic. They were aiming for the, t the clean diesel. Diesel gets really great mileage. Um, what's weird to me is that here in cotton, so not every state has uh, emissions. Uh, you don't always have to go get like one of those little emissions tags. And in Colorado, where both Jordan and I live, on my car, for instance, if your car is seven years older or newer, it doesn't have to be, uh, you don't have to have it measured. You get like an exemption because there is an, there is an understanding at the manufacturing level that that car has been manufactured to uh, be within those parameters. So... Uh, but I'm sure that's not the case in every state. So I would think that, because I have been to those <laughs> emissions testing things before, before I had my car today, where I had to go get it measured. And I was like, well, reading this, are they not measuring something? Like actually measuring something? And yes, sure, they're lying. And it was 40 times there were congressional hearings and all that stuff. But <laughs> if they weren't measuring something, like, what are they doing at those emissions places? Is it's just like, ah, eh, well, I mean, good enough. Uh, so I, sure, it's the company's response. They lied straight up. It's Volkswagen's responsibility that for lying, but it feels like it should have been caught way earlier than it was. Like they got millions of cars out the door that were TDI clean diesel or whatever it is um, before that right <laughs> yeah i mean if it if they had been selling these with the clean diesel narrative since 2009 right there there is a lot of vehicles that were moved uh but to your point there are good actors and there are bad actors and there are systems in place that are designed to catch this false information right i mean That's right um no maybe it wasn't the ministry of truth back then but there there are uh, yeah how <laughs> my understanding is that there was a, uh, they, they modified the programming in the chip uh, so that it would report certain uh, uh. measurements via the ODB2 sensor. I could have this totally backwards, but that was my understanding. But it, nothing would, uh, nothing, that doesn't prevent an external testing source from right. identifying, as to your point, at these emissions testing places. Uh, I mean, it maybe they, maybe they just were not testing for that exact component uh, until this came about. I mean, who knows? But the reality is, uh, 
as many safeguards as we have, humans are fallible. Yes. And uh, it's up to the jurisprudence of the individual to, uh, you know, they need to be, uh, they need to be cognizant of that, of the fact that no, probably most people aren't trying to pull the wool over your eyes, but you need to be critical enough of the things that you see uh, to protect yourself. Right. I, I also think of, you know, everybody buying these vehicles over all those years, they're just giving, giving themselves this collective huge pat on the back, right? Everybody's feeling great. They're like, oh man, yeah. I, I, right. It was a, it's it was turbo a diesel, bro. It's a, it's a clean, it's a clean diesel clean turbo, diesel. right? Like it's a, it's a, it's a status symbol, right? It's a status symbol, especially for, for those uh, purporting or who are actually uh, huge advocates of, being environmentally friendly and things of mm-hmm. that nature, right? Like it, you could you could set yourself apart um, from your <clears> friends, <throat> but then now, right? For forever, you will have egg on your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, then it, it's. I mean, there Volkswagen's a good car and all this stuff. It's like I, I don't know. The juice isn't worth the squeeze in terms of that because people are going to find out. But again, it's like it's odd because people. It seems increasingly, although I think there's the, who who the skeptics are in our American society. It seems to have shifted over the last few years, um, where people are asking more questions and I, and going, okay, this is clean. Are you sure? And they're not being skeptical enough. And I'm not like so skeptical that I'm the guy, <laughs> like um, what's the guy? Michael Spurkanish. No, it's not Spurkanish. Anyway, whoever heads up uh, Skeptic Magazine, like that's never going to be me. Um, <clears throat> but like a little bit of skepticism and just kind of asking questions, even if it's just to understand, um, is a really good thing. I think you you want to understand those things. I, I would think, but. Yeah, maybe, maybe, I don't know. I can't really, anyway, I can't figure that one out. But whatever. Hey, if it moves product, I bet they're happy and whoever does that is happy to do it. So whatever. Good job, Volkswagen. Yeah, yeah I have to wonder though, um, there was probably a, an end, uh, there's probably an outcome here that was actually positive, but not for the intended reasons. Mm. For instance, I, I don't have any hard stats here, but I have to imagine that Volkswagen's push for quote clean diesel that kind of made other manufacturers realize that I, I mean right if everybody wants a clean car clean diesel nobody wants some of this dirty diesel these dirty diesel cars I, certainly there was uh i mean i know i'm just spitballing here but i have well, to imagine that right sales were going up for clean diesel vehicles and then down for diesels that were not purportedly clean uh, and so other manufacturers may have have uh, upped their game without cheating uh, and so it was uh, a yeah. potentially a net win for everybody. Potentially. I, potentially. Potentially. I know I have to caveat that, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe anyway. one day we'll know. <laughs> <laughs> what is the next one? Yes. This yes. next one, selling products using deceptive pricing. AKA Marketing. bait and switch. <laughs> <laughs> Not bacon and switch. Just, just bait and switch. That's right. Marketing a product at a price that's more affordable than it really is without making people aware of any hidden fees or terms and conditions that may affect the final cost is a bad advertising tactic. You are luring customers into the door using trickery. At the end of the day, they will either walk away feeling like you have wasted their time or they'll be forced to buy the product anyway because they already put their eggs in that basket. 
Either way, your customers will be very unhappy because you fooled them. Airlines are notorious for advertising low prices to entice travelers, but some of them manage to keep things on the ethical side by disclosing that there are additional fees involved to finalize the booking. When Jetstar and Virgin Airlines decided to forgo this disclosure, they were fined $745,000 for marketing false low prices in their ads. Hmm. So here the dilemma is... uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's bait and switch, right? Here, oh, yeah, yeah, you're going to want to buy this ticket to Jamaica. It's super cheap. It's whatever, $39. I mean, that's not the example in the picture, but yeah. it's it's $39. And then you you get to the end of the uh, checkout process, and it's, you know, uh, however much more, but it's not the value that you placed on it. And it, I, I don't know. Obviously, it's a deceptive practice, um, and, I, and the article does not provide stats on on how much that affected their business. Uh, but certainly that can't be good for, yeah, for, <laughs> for your brand. So there's a company <clears throat> called Outdoorsy, and I'm going to hardcore throw them under the bus. I, I don't know if they fix this or not. So what they do is essentially um, Airbnb sort of thing for RVs and campers. Uh, <clears throat> so they were a, la- a couple years ago, um, we had a friend come in town and they were going up to Vail or something. Um, and we live a couple hours away from Vail. Uh, but we ski at Vail all the time, but usually we go up and we'll come back. We'll go up in early in the morning, come back in a day, uh, same day. But because they were there, we wanted to go up and hang out and whatever. So my daughter and I, um, my son was very little at the time and it wasn't possible. So my friends coming in out of town from Texas had rented this condo. And so we were going to go up and stay with them, but just to put a little context on it for people that don't know a hotel room in Vail at, and Vail is like, <clears throat> there's not a whole lot surrounding Vail. It's kind of just like Vail. Um, a hotel room is like 600 bucks a night. Uh, I'm not doing that for two nights. So what we did instead was we, I went on outdoorsy cause I knew about it. <clears throat> it's an app. And I found this, this van, it's like a sprinter van. It was all done up. It had power and solar and water and all this stuff. So it was really great. <clears throat> and so I go into the checkout process and it came up for, so it would be two nights. So effectively three days, um, 900 some dollars. And I was like, get the, what? So it was being rented <clears throat> through a different company. And so I called so because it was listed by somebody I won't mention because I don't want to get them thrown under the bus. But I called the people directly who were renting it because it was local. And they were like, oh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Here's what this is. Because if you go through these companies, and DoorDash does this. I mean, it's the same thing, DoorDash and Airbnb, all these fees. Uh, and I get it. They have to make money. Hey, don't hate the player, hate the game. So they were adding all these fees and then the end user company would have to pay a portion of their profits to that fee. So by me going to them, I got a better price and they netted more of their money at the end of the day. But I think it's weird because like I almost said, screw it and went with outdoorsy because I was like, surely, Oh, I've done all this. I'm not going to find a better deal. And they get you almost, uh, it's the sunk cost fallacy. So pot committed or chip committed. If you play poker or something like that, um, <clears throat> where you just keep, 
you've sunk time and you've answered all these questions and you've done this and then you're like, Ugh, I've come this far. And as we've talked about before, Americans have the attention span of a meth addicted goldfish. So like we're sitting there going, oh, I can't, oh, I cannot spend 30 more seconds on this while I scroll, you know, TikTok or some other nonsense. I can do that for hours on end, right? But you can't spend 30 more seconds redoing this. So it is something that drives me nuts. And I'll also tell you one of these things that <laughs> this one is a company that my wife, I'm throwing all kinds of companies under the, <laughs> under the bus. <laughs> this isn't a dig on the company for their product. This next thing that I'm going to say, this is a dig, dig on the company because I don't like the way they go about it. Cause I actually think they have a really good product and it's Fabletics. So Fabletics, <clears throat> they make uh, men's and women's clothes, but primarily my, I knew about them because my wife really likes Fabletics leggings and I like Fabletics leggings too, if you know what I mean. So, <laughs> so, so, but what they do is I was one year for Christmas or something, I was going on Fabletics. I was like, I'm going to buy my wife all these leggings or this thing. And they, they hit you with these ads. So I get an ad on Facebook and they're like, for men's and women's, they're like, oh, these leggings are only it's a ridiculous price. It's like $25 per pair. And I was like, oh, and they're like normal price, 80 bucks. And I'm like, okay, great. Well, that seems like a good deal. I'm going to go buy these right now for Christmas or whatever. So I go to Fabletics and I click on the little ad and it takes you over there. And it's like, when you get this pricing for 25 per, it's because you have bought a membership which is 50 bucks a month or something like this. And I was like, what? I do. Who goes through enough leggings that you, or any article of clothing, which speaks to planned obsolescence, which is an entirely different topic. Who goes through it? These are not exactly super consumable. Like I expect my clothing to last more than a month. <laughs> so I was like, well, this is, yes, they are still net cheaper if I were to buy that for a month, buy these things and then cancel it. But again, method to goldfish. I don't have the time to go and cancel your stupid nonsense. That sort of thing drives me nuts. I get, and there are certain things that I will pay a membership for. That is not one of them. So that feels all of those things where there's a gotcha. It's like, come on, man, do better. You know what I'm saying? As a, just a brief example of that to, to build upon <laughs> <laughs> the pyramid that you have given us of amazing, of amazingness. Yeah. So the, the thing that gets me is I, I must've been on three sides within the last month uh, and longer than that, where it's, they advertise free shipping. Mm. Right. And it's like, if you get to the $50 mark, but somehow like there's no combination of products that will get you to that 49 or magical $50 yeah. mark. You have, you have to get like way more than you actually need. It's like, uh, and whatever. And then of course, shipping, uh, the price when shipping is at, it seems to be like excessive <laughs> for, for one item. Listen, I know there's costs for shipping. I'm, I'm not about to debate that. Right. There's a lot that goes into that whole orchestration, so not belittling, belittling it, but it just doesn't feel right. And for me, that means I don't buy it. I had literally last weekend, there's this pancake mix. This is going to be such a random thing, but dead serious. There's this pancake mix called Cousin T's Pancakes that I really like. Like, I really like it. I saw an ad for it probably three or four months ago. We bought some and they're super, we're not a big sweets in the morning family but on weekends you know the kids like pancakes uh every now and then so we got these and their syrup is ridiculous so we get these pancakes pancake mix 
and made them and loved it. And so then a couple weeks ago we ran out and I was like, oh man, we haven't had those pancakes in a few weeks and I don't want to go buy Bisquick or whatever. I'd rather buy these because I, you know, I just like them. Um, and so I go to buy them. It's pancake mix, bro. And it's three boxes. I'm not talking about industrial, like 55 gallon drum size pancake mix. I'm talking about, you know, your regular, what, 11 inches tall by six inches wide, whatever it is, pancake mix, three boxes. Cause they come in a, uh, a chocolate chip, a nor like a regular with nothing in it. And then, um, blueberries, maybe something like that. <laughs> $20 for shipping. I was like, you know, I'm not in like Guam. I'm, <laughs> I'm in the greater Boulder area in Colorado. What? I was like, surely this can't be right. And I'm looking for all these coupons and I found some, and then they did the, the abandoned cart recovery things. And I was like, I appreciate that. And you're bringing it closer. I might pay five bucks in shipping. I'm not 20 bucks. Like the pancake mix was not 20 bucks. I don't think so. What? <laughs> anyway, I digress. Sorry. Yeah. It, uh, of, course, of course we don't know. We don't know the facts on the back end, right? That's like true. perhaps that's how they, you know, the science, the, uh, they've crunched the numbers and potentially, and that, that's the way they can like recoup some of their costs. People weren't willing potentially to pay more for the pancake mix, but they can kind of, you know, hoodwink them into paying more for the quote shipping when really that also aids their bottom line. And it doesn't, they're not just passing along the costs to the customer. Like who knows, right? I know lots of, lots of unknowns here, Yes, but it reminds me of, as we mentioned at the top Airbnb. Mm. And I know those cleaning fees are set by the host, um, but those, it's those cleaning fees. It's like a catch-all. It's like, yes. uh, you know, you know, we lure them in with with X costs, but then right at the end of checkout, it's like that's where we re re uh, yeah. recoup some of our lost profits. Bro, so. it, that's nuts. It's nuts. They, it, it, yes. Anyway, cleaning fees. So, ridiculous. did you buy the pancakes? No. <laughs> like I keep getting abandoned cart stuff, and I'm like, I, I, I frankly. I'm the kind of person that I like their product enough. I will probably either phone call or email them and just be like, Hey guys, I want to let you know, I really like your product. I like what you're doing, but I'm not paying $20 in shipping. I, if you need help with finding a new, like I, whether that is your, whether that is your uh, payment process or whatever it is, I don't know but you can't be charging $20. You're not going to sell. Like I, I think that, and, and again, like you said, maybe that's, maybe their profits aren't enough and they're trying to, who knows? But I will say that sometimes charging less gets you more business. There's an inverse effect, right? And, and likewise, uh, in some products, like in some marketing things, if you charge or anything cons consultative, if you charge more, you're going to have fewer clients, but those clients are going to be the ones that actually put a place a higher value on what you do. So your net profit is going to be higher. So I don't know, man, I, I really, I'll let you know, I will update you because I want to call these people and be like, guys, 20 bucks for three boxes of freaking pancake mix. Is it, or does a back rub, are you going to, is somebody going to, is cousin T going to come to my house while I make pancakes and be like, calm down, Brandon. It feels like it's been a rough week. It's not going to happen. <laughs> God. Did, wait, but, but you did, you did procure them at one point in time. I did. And they were not, they were not 
That was not the case. Was it the same vehicle of uh, acquisition? Yeah. You just went through their website? Their website. Yeah. They changed something. Yeah. They changed something. And it's very good, by the way. I will. So I know I'm digging on them a little bit, but I will 100% vouch for their pancakes are yeah. legit. They are the bomb.net. They would be .com, but they missed out on that because their shipping is too high. <laughs> Ouch. .co. <laughs> dot org yeah <laughs> the bomb dot org <laughs> it's an ngo okay <clears throat> so the next one number four and a before i start reading this let's take a moment to appreciate the salesman in this picture's jawline which could basically be a box cutter sorry <laughs> well done sir yeah. all right this is the actual use of bait and switch. So bait and switch ads are another unethical advertising example. They involve promoting an item that the advertiser does not have or intend to sell at an unbelievably low price just to get people to come to their store. But when the customers arrive and inquire about the product, the salesperson tells them that they are too late because they just sold the last piece of the item they wanted. But then they are offered a supposedly better deal on a different item that's much more expensive than the product that was advertised. The salesman tries to convince customers that the new item is far better and more long lasting or whatever the case is than the cheaper one they wanted. So they'll be saving a lot of money to buy it. Bait and switch is an unscrupulous practice that uses deception to generate attention and sales. Using this advertising tactic is illegal in many states and it could lead to lawsuits, but unethical advertisers still use the fraudulent tactic because it can be tough to prove. So <clears throat> I'll say in terms of tough to prove, so this is years ago. I feel like it's at a Target or a Walmart or something. And I went to get something. At, let's say it was towels. I, I can't not. This is years ago. And I can't remember what it was. I go get towels. And I get these towels. I'm like, oh, this seems like a good deal. We need towels. I get towels. And they were a certain price. And I get up to the register and they ring up for like double what they were. And I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> that is not the correct price. And so... The cashier was like, really? And I was like, yeah, that's not the correct price. And so I said, I'd be happy to show you. And so it was not crowded at the time. So she kind of, uh, as I recall, turned off the register or called a manager up or something. And I went back to it and it was clear, like you have this rack of towels, for instance. I, I don't know if it was towels or not. And then at the bottom, there's the price tag. And it was just right there. And so they honored that price. And I was very impressed by that. I was like, well, kudos to you. Inversely, I was at, I think it was like a Nike outlet store or something like that. Again, this is probably 10 years ago. And I, I want to go and I want to buy a particular hat. I think it was, a, I know it was a hat. It was either hat or visor. It was a headwear of some sort, maybe a burka. I don't know. So <laughs> we go, we go over there. And I'm looking and I'm like, oh, look at this fantastic deal. And there, these are the the racks that are like, so I'm 6'1", you and I are about the same height. And it's like the ones that are kind of like chest high, you know, and you can see over top of all of them and on top of the rack and it's two-sided rack or multi-sided. And they have this little placard thing that says price tag and it's right above this hat. And I go over to it. I was like, oh, this is a great deal. And so I pick it up. I go over to check out and I was like, and it rang up as a much higher price. And I go, I go, this, this is not the price. I said, you can see it right there. We're 10 feet away. I pointed at the thing and the guy, the manager comes out 
or whoever hears me saying this and he's like, oh, you switched that tag. I was like, bro, what? I was like, get the camera. Let's do this. Pull the tape. We're not going to do that. And I was like, so hold on a second. You're accusing me. You're not just saying that, no, I'm not going to honor this price, which I, I may have been able to get with that because mistakes happen. Like I'm not an unreasonable person, but now you're accusing me of being a thief effectively. You dick, pardon me. Hashtag kid show. So you're, you're family friendly. You're accusing me of stealing or trying to steal. Yep. And I was like, okay, gotcha. So I left and then I was like, so cool. I handed him his hat. I grabbed it gently. I'm not like throwing it. I grabbed, I didn't cause a scene, grabbed it from the cashier and I put it in his hand. I go, here you go. And by the way, since we've been talking, three more people have picked up hats off of that rack. So maybe you should do your due diligence and the thing that you should have done in the first place and get that price tag off of there. And so then I left and then I called, uh, I forget who it was. It was some sort of, um, it's not law enforcement really, but it was whoever manages that sort of thing in whatever, because I can't remember that I was here in Colorado or somewhere else. I called whoever that was that managed that. And yes, I didn't need to do that. That's a waste of my time. But A, don't be a, don't be a prick when you do that, man. Like just take the L. And, and if you just said, oh, really sorry, somehow that price tag got there and you know this just doesn't cost as much, I'm really sorry. I may have even... I don't know if I would have bought it or not, but I may have. I would have been at least much more open to it. But the fact that you accuse me of being a thief, I feel like the same person that is knowing, and I'm not saying this person knowingly did that. In the case of bait and switch, people are knowingly doing that. But it is, you're, I mean, as this this particular article suggests, it, it's you can get like some big fat fines if you do that. And so many companies are going to be or retailers or whatever it is willing to work with you on that. Um, and, and in the case of the towel thing that I mentioned, they honored the price. I was actually very, very impressed. And it takes a lot for like a Walmart or a target to impress me. I mean, other than sheer size, but like in terms of their selling of products. So yeah, bait and switch sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. Um, a couple of things just when I think about it, right? Yes, there are intentional corporate level, however large the, the company is, uh, games where they intentionally do the bait and switch. And then there's other times where it's mislabeled and, and they honor it or they don't honor it, as you're saying. And it can be hard to discern exactly when, uh, you know, a company is, they try to hoodwink you mm -hmm. or when there was just an honest mistake. And your example with, uh, the hats, right? I have to think uh, in my time working at retail, it can be so easy to be, uh, I, I suppose that example is a little bit outside outside the scope in terms of his response, mm -hmm. which reminds me of our episode last week about about uh, how to respond to good and bad reviews. Mm -hmm. This is kind of like how to respond to a good and bad review in real time, yep. like when that person is giving <laughs> you the review as an oral recitation. Uh, but in that case, right, it's it, from my time in retail, there's, there's, there's nothing. In fact, when somebody is stealing, right there, or right, trying to take a product, get away with it at a price that's not to be sold at, there's really not a whole lot the company can do. And so I'm not saying anything about this individual, but I know how, I know how easy it can be 
as a human to get in a groove, mm-hmm. right? You're like, oh man, this is, oh man, this, I can just, this guy just looks, look at Brandon, this guy, you can just automatically tell that he's Super definitely swapped that tag. Like, how do you even swap the tag? You'd have to have like some sort of tool to like put that plastic thing around. Well, the, it was one of those that just sets on top of the thing, like the plastic oh, tent I thing. I was like, so there's no tag on the product. I have no oh, yeah. idea. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, my point is, right, it's, uh, you know, perhaps that individual was in a groove of mm-hmm. having to deal with X number of people over Y period of time, and he, he's just like, oh, not again. Yeah. And it can be hard to get out of that, and it doesn't end well for the company. But uh, back to bait and switch, uh, I remember uh, growing up in 2010, the Best Buy had this thing going on where it was, um, I, I wasn't. I, it didn't happen to me. I didn't report it. I can't purport anything along those lines, but they would advertise a very low price laptop and uh, you would get into the store and it was magically always sold out. Right. So they would always say, Oh, we don't have that, but we have these ones yeah. that are of course higher priced. And uh, you have to wonder, right? they ended up being caught. I believe it was in New York and they were fine either 2.8 or like two or three million dollars. Mm. I mean, it's it's really a slap on the wrist. Yep. But you have to wonder to be caught. Um, and I'm not I'm not saying run run the risk because the odds are low that that you'll be caught. But you have to wonder how many people they scammed, or if it was an insider that reported um, uh, the the situation going on. But you know, for them to be found out, right? That right once or twice. I you know you'll just chalk it up to oh yeah, it was out of stock. It's a low price. Of course, it's sold out. <laughs> Right. Everybody wants this laptop. Only so many can be made. There's only so many boats and planes coming from China every day, right? Um, but well, and <laughs> this is going to be a little controversial, so I won't get into it too much. Um, but Pfizer did this, so there's somebody doing math on all these things, and they're going so with Viox, V I O X X, and you guys can look this up, and uh. In meetings before they launched Viox, as I understand it. And so, by the way, just covering our little CYA over here, these are reported things. You can look at these things on ABC News. I'm looking at this, CBS News, Reuters. So just as a heads up, um, Merck. Uh, So I think, uh, so I'm going to get this a little bit mixed up, but somehow Merck, and Pfizer are related in this, or Pfizer paid a portion of this, and then Merck made up the other portion. But Merck, who made Vioxx, I guess, and Pfizer was somehow part of that, had to pay um, $4.85 billion in settlement. But the math on the front end of that was this. And I forget who was the guy, Robert Malone. I think it was, no, Peter McCullough. Uh, who talked about this on Joe Rogan's show. And he was specifically talking about Vioxx because he was at, I think he was at Pfizer when the, or Merck or whatever. And they, they literally said before it was launched to the public, they go, okay, well, we can see based on clinical trials that this is going to irreparably harm or kill. kill. I'm leaving this pause in here deliberately. Wait for a second. Kill X number of people. And they go, Okay, if it's going to kill that many people or irreparably damage, what are we likely to pay out for that damage? And they're like, uh, you know, I don't know. We're, we, we may have to pay out this much, but we're going to make this much. So 
they had to pay out $4.85 billion, but if they made 10, then they netted $5.2 billion. And that's the math that's going on. Again, I'm not suggesting that I, look, I'm just telling you what the, the facts are in these particular things. And hey, they are, they're paying a four point eight. You can look it up. Look up Fire, Pfizer Vioxx settlement. You'll see it from Reuters, uh, November 9th, 2007. Merck agrees to pay $4.85 billion in Vioxx settlement. So that's that sort of math is going on. And, and I'm sure, I don't know about Best Buy, but they probably said, are we going to get fined by this? Yeah, we're going to get fined probably for around three million bucks, uh, but we're going to make six. And they're like, seems worth it. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> Just saying. Sorry. We're going to get hate mail for that, I'm sure. <laughs> Look out, big That's far. all right. <laughs> <laughs> all, the, all the mail we get is positive. Yes, all of it. All, all of it. the mail. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say this. Yes, sir. Uh, Right, it's the the bait and switch. You know, what, I, I can't say it's the case for Pfizer, but for Best Buy, it's kind of, in a way, it's scarcity marketing, right? Like in in yes, it in a way, right? There's like, oh, there, you know, and uh, there's so few of this product. Uh, I, I don't. But there's know. a better I'm, way to do it. Just say, yes. <laughs> we have twenty of these, <laughs> and they're at this price. Come get them. And here's the display in in social media age. Put up a picture. Here's our table with 20 pint glasses of ugly beer. Fugly. <laughs> fugly. Beer pint glasses. Put these up on this table. You got to pay. We got 20 of these. First 20 of y'all, a little bit one person that comes in the door, it's over 21 years old, can get one of these and you get three beers with it and it's going to cost you five bucks. We got 20 of them and doors open now that's fine. Do that. I have no, that's not bait and switch. And if they're sold out, they're sold out. Look, you had warning. If you didn't camp out outside, like you did for backstreet boys tickets, you don't deserve it. <laughs> hey, backstreets back. All right. All right. <laughs> Is this me? Is this me? Am I, I think so. Am I on bat? Yes. <laughs> on, on bat. On Is deck up or up on to deck. <laughs> Whatever that is. You're again, you're looking at me and you're making exaggerated claims with your eyes about my propensity for awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Example five, making exaggerated claims. Every brand wants their product to sell. And so they will try to make their ads and copy as persuasive as possible. But while doing that, you still have to stay within the realm of the factual. Exaggerating the effects or benefits of your product might seem harmless, but it's considered... (laughs) It's considered an example of unethical advertising because it holds a degree of untruth. In Colgate's ad for its Max White One Optic Toothpaste, what a mouthful. Oh, literally. (laughs) The the brand claimed that the product will make your teeth smooth, clean, and shiny instantly. Oh, man, I I can't help but thinking that last word is what Dunham Dunham in right there. Although there was scientific evidence to show that the toothpaste could help clean and whiten your teeth, it couldn't do it instantly, as exaggerated. As a result, the ASA, that British organization uh, for advertising kind of watchmen, ordered that the exaggeration be removed from all promotional material for the product. And uh, if you can't see the screen, this is, it looks like it's a screenshot of Colgate's website um, highlighting their Max White One Optic 
toothpaste and i'm looking for the word oh yeah there it is yeah it is there it is visibly wider instantly there is an asterisk at the end of that um statement and tragically uh, they did not screenshot the whole website mm-hmm. so we we don't know where that asterisk uh what it is but i have to imagine i mean I don't know. I'm not sure about this example, just to be honest. Obviously, the the, the British organization um, <clears throat> made them remove that wording. Uh, I have to imagine they, they caveat oh, right, Somebody in the legal department was like, wait, wait, inst- instantly? You need to put an asterisk on that. I suppose in this instance, the ASA said, that's not enough. Yeah. And, and I, th- I think, so I am not a doctor. Uh, I know you probably all thought I was. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> going to disappoint you right now. I think that part of the reason that that could be even more um, not great is because you would have to literally strip layers off of teeth if you did that, which is not great. And, uh, and, and a lot of times, frankly, what probably I can see happening in theory is that somebody puts on their, their toothpaste and then they put it on some more and they put it on some more and they keep brushing and brushing and brushing and brushing. And all of a sudden it's very easy. Like our gums and our teeth are as tough as we think they are not that tough. And then you've got, um, people sitting there brushing their teeth too much with a very abrasive product, um, by design. And that's fine. I don't, I don't have a problem with the product. Um, and then they will damage their gums, damage your teeth. And quite frankly, the NS and the, NHS, National Health Service of Britain, Another British institution. Yes. That's who's going to have to pay for it. So the taxpayer is going to have to pay for it. Um, that's what's interesting to me. I, like, again, if you're, if you have half a brain in your head, stop and think about these things. But the problem is we all have this weird shiny object syndrome and they literally, the packaging of this is shiny. <laughs> and it's to give you something. Shiny. Yes. And so it's to take a second because if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. But it's new technology, man. It's the Optic Brightener 3.0. It's nanobots scrubbing your teeth. <laughs> God, it's ridiculous. This is going to brush you. It's going to white your teeth and make you three inches taller. Oh, done. <laughs> Hopefully in that order. I don't want it to be the other way. Well, people people make claims about that all the time. And we listen, we all make exaggerated claims. That's where the fish story. I just caught a fish. It was this big. You can't see my arms on the screen, but it was this big. <laughs> Maybe we'll extend it to the screen. Show me a pictures or it didn't happen. Like, and even then you can go on (laughs) Dolly or one of those AI generating tools and generate a picture of you holding an 18 foot long swordfish or some nonsense like that. So yeah, I, but I I think that this is kind of like, again, I'm not saying these companies don't hold responsibility because they certainly do because you're selling effectively to the lowest common denominator, but people think for yourself for two seconds. Don't trust that claim. And by the way, in our world, back to digital marketing really quickly, marketing more broadly, people are going to go, oh, well, this is going to have this many results. So you're going to get this much revenue and da, 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 da. You're going to see this result. Okay. Show me. There are, and this is an important distinction here, publicly, all of the information in digital marketing, especially is public. There's nothing. Hey kids, I'm getting real jazzed on this one. There's nothing (laughs) proprietary. You fraud who is making the claim that all of these things are proprietary. All of this stuff is public information. So 
when somebody makes a claim, oh, well, there are this many searches about this thing that you want to spend these ads on and you should spend this much with us because you're going to make this much money. Show me the data. Show me the data. It exists. You can show it. Yeah, it's not always the most glamorous thing if you go, well, you might get a 2.1 or a 1.1 X ROI. You're still in the black, but it's you're not going to be a billionaire overnight. People don't want to have that conversation because they're going to lose a sale because of it. So be, just be aware, be a little more critical. Ask why, ask how, if, if this toothpaste is going to be instant, how? Because that seems not healthy. It's, oh, it's just, did I mention, by the way, it's pure hydrochloric acid. That's all it is. <laughs> I digress. I digress a lot, I find. Oh, yeah. Well, it makes me wonder, right? I have more questions than answers for this topic. Um, but is it the instant that you buy it? How do you find the term instant, right? Maybe maybe their definition of instant was over the course of five years, right? That's <laughs> In the, yeah, in the perspective of how long has this rock we call Earth been around, yes. it's pretty much an instant. It's an instant. <laughs> Is it exaggerated? Anyway, to say no more, by the end of this podcast episode, you guys will all be up to 100% smarter. That's right. Up to. Up to. <laughs> up to. All right. So, portraying women as sex objects or symbols. And by the way, guys... We know you do this to Jordan and I all the time, so it's not just women. Let's face facts. Please it's stop us as well. with the yeah, Lord. All the emails we get, all the, <laughs> just you guys are so gorgeous. It's hard to concentrate on the <laughs> subject matter. Okay, <laughs> you have probably heard the saying "sex sells." And there's no doubt about it, uh, because sex is one of the most taboo yet most fascinating and widely talked about subjects in our society. Increasingly more so today, where apparently who you sleep with is everything about you. Sex is the low-hanging fruit that <clears throat> the advertising industry reaches for when it can't be troubled to come up with an original idea. The problem with selling sex is that there's a thin line between what's acceptable and what's offensive or unethical. For example, in an attempt to promote the new remote play feature for the PS4 on the PlayStation Xperia Z and Vita smartphones, that was a Vita smartphone, the company's ad basically turned into an intro for a pornographic movie. It unabashedly sexualized and objectified the commercial's sole character, a female doctor, by prescribing, or excuse me, describing the PlayStation game and remote play feature using sexually charged language. The ad received a lot of backlash, forcing Sony to remove it from its official YouTube channel. All right. <clears throat> I think that my problem with that, and you're going to play, oh, oh, you've, oh, Lord. Well, okay, so Jordan, for those of you listening, Jordan is playing this ad. I, I get it. Uh, she's saying, you're afraid of doing it too often in your bedroom under the blankets. Perhaps you prefer the kitchen. This is an old, do you see that Mac on there? Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <super>. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, that iMac from, when is this from? Well, that's that's one of the original Eight ones. years ago. Yeah. That's the Mac that yeah, followed the, the blueberry. <laughs> I miss the blueberry. Yeah. So this ad, it's just this woman. She kind of looks like she's like wearing doctor attire, and it's uh, she is. And there's a lot of tight shots on her mouth, making movements and innuendos towards masturbation, uh, and that, uh, yeah, th and all of that. <laughs> okay, so 
again, like, is it unethical? I feel like unethical is a, that's a loaded word. Cause is it unethical or is it just, I guess it depends on your ethics, right? Or, or is it simply <laughs> that you just don't like it because you don't agree with it? I, I would agree that it's inappropriate. I don't have a problem or, and even offensive. Is it offensive? I mean, maybe, I guess it depends on the audience. Um, I, again, I think this is something where today people are looking for something to be offended by. So surely it's offensive to somebody. I could not possibly care less, but it doesn't make it okay for all audiences. And I think where the line really draws here is that while there are a great deal of adults who play the PS, whatever PlayStation we're on now, um, play video games. This is a, this is a largely a platform that's going to be kids. Um, and I, that's where I have the problem with it. Um, it's just kind of innuendo for innuendo's sake. It's funny. I mean, I'm sure that identical commercials have been made about beer and no one, no one threw a flag or anything like that. Um, and quite frankly, I sent an advertising to Jordan earlier this week where this guy, <clears throat> what was that commercial even for? It was for like, it was this guy and it's like, <clears throat> Again, tight shots on this guy having this guy who's like really jacked. I was going to do the commercial, but that was not available. And they're like, (laughs) was it clothing? They're like pouring water on his chest and all this stuff. And it's like all sexy looking. And then you realize he's getting waterboarded. (laughs) You're just like, what the hell am I watching? It's, it's not a one way street guys, you know? So, uh, but Hey, sex does sell at the end of the day. Uh, Again, I don't know that I think this is necessarily it depends on your this, ethics. This is, uh, uh, yeah, sorry. Didn't no, you're, good, to, you're good. That's to chime over you there. This is just, I don't know. I mean, yes. Um, yeah, we'll share the link to the ad, obviously, if you, if you haven't been able to see it. Yeah, it's all perspective. Yes. This, this, uh, but I mean, uh, yeah. So, but if I try to look at this objectively, factually, she is fully clothed, right? Like there isn't, like the only skin you can see is like her face and her hands, right? So it's not, it's not provocative. Yeah. Uh, in the same way that even some of the Danica Patrick ads for for GoDaddy were right, it's 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 not. There's nothing. I mean, is it sexual? I would argue there is nothing sexual about this advertisement except for the dialogue. Why is she a oh, doctor? It's, it's by monologue. the way, did they, did yeah? Why is she purporting to <laughs> why be a doctor? Is she a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Well, because she's because she's trying to say that it's okay uh, to play. Hmm. Right, and she's adding the connotation of yeah the overtones of the um, you know yeah masturbatory activities yeah. <laughs> yes 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 absolutely so yeah I, I yeah it, perspective is a great way to put that and again ask yourself should you really be offended I mean maybe just turn it off not you shouldn't just ask yourself should you be offended you should ask yourself am I really offended or why am I actually offended yeah. Yeah. Am I offended because other people are saying they're offended? Yeah. Am I offended for the Uh, sake of being offended? Because there seems to be a lot of uh, epidemic of that these days. But whatever. I'm offended by that premise. (laughs) I'm offended by you. (laughs) Yes. Just your face. That's okay. okay. The rest of you is all right. What about my lips? Let's get a tight shot on that and I'll start talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I don't have the PTZ camera to zoom in over there. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. For those of you that can't see, Brandon's lips are probably 11 out of 10. (laughs) sweet (laughs) that's what i was going for (laughs) i'm basically that whale gif gif 
<laughs> yep, I don't know that I'll gift. I'll send it to you. Do I, do, <laughs> gosh, okay. All right, let's take one okay, more of these, shall it. we? All right. Uh, lucky number seven, discriminating against rival products. It's normal to want to gain an edge over your competitors and proclaim that your product is better than theirs. However, it's unethical to drag your rival's brand or product through the mud to turn customers against them and get them to choose your products instead. Despite the unethical nature of this tactic, it is still commonly used in advertising. Sometimes brands are able to get around this by alluding to a rival product rather than directly naming it, right? Like Brandon happens to have this uh, pencil company mm. that is a direct competitor to Jordan's pencils. Uh, I don't know exactly what it's called, but it's definitely not Brandon's pencils. That's not alluding. I'm not alluding there. That was a direct reference. What am I doing here? Needless to say. Some brands, you can get around it by alluding to a rival product, but sometimes the strategy can backfire and cause a storm of criticisms to rain down on your brand. Coca-Cola experienced this in 1985 when it released an ad to market New Coke, which it alleged tasted sweeter than Pepsi, its closest competitor. Coca-Cola marketers also claimed that in a taste test conducted by an independent research company, more people all over the U.S. preferred the taste of New Coke to Pepsi, but Customers just weren't having it. Um, there are no hard facts or statistics in this example, uh, which doesn't <laughs> it doesn't doesn't support. Uh, you know, what am I trying to say here, Brandon? Well, <clears throat> I again, I think that this is kind of like I don't know. I mean, again, we we run into this in marketing all the time, where people go, "Oh, well, hey, we have." this service that's better. I mean, at the end of the day, most, especially in digital marketing, most people are working with the same set of tools, right? Um, so really what it's going to boil down to is how those tools are applied, which is going to come down to your project managers. And we see more success because of our project managers, right? That is objective measure of success. Um, but there are certainly people that go, well, we're better than X, Y, or Z. I've always felt like, <clears throat> and I have said this recently, I don't need to tear somebody else down to build myself up. Because one, that's kind of defamatory. Um, and de defamation is a pretty a pretty rigorous uh, thing to be proven. And there are people that accuse you of it all the time because they are unintelligent and don't simply don't know what def defamation is. Um, defamation is actually lying about somebody and whether that is telling a mistruth, like we are better and just leaving it at that. Well, that's, that's not objectively true. Um, if somebody is going to make that claim as Coca-Cola in this particular uh, example tried to do, have some objective measurement about that. Are you better or are you better because X? When it comes to this, we do better. And a lot of times, especially if it's a service-based uh, industry like what we do in marketing, um, better is going to be defined by your customer service. You know, uh, my dad's company, which I won't really tag him right here just simply because I don't know if he wants me. I'm sure he wouldn't mind. But um, <clears throat> actually, that's not true. They're a company called Paint Supply Company. You can check out their website, paintsupplyco.com. Um, and they do coatings, right? So to call it just paint is not really accurate. Yes, you can go there and buy a five-gallon bucket of paint to paint your living room or whatever it is, right? You can get all the brushes and all the roller covers and all these things that you need. But who they really who they're 
their primary customers are are like the navy <laughs> you know or merchant marine where they're painting entire ships and things like this he is never going to compete on a real level with Home Depot when it comes to buying your gallons of paint to paint your living room or your kid's accent wall or whatever this is. But that's, again, not his core audience. Um, so objectively, they have to redefine themselves because also they don't really care. I mean, I don't want to say they don't care. Yes, they care about the revenue that comes in from somebody who wants to paint their kid's room, but they had to set themselves apart based on customer service. And they've been extremely successful doing that because they say everybody, and again, I'm not trying to make a commercial for my dad's company, but like if somebody comes in the door and they goes, Hey, I need this thing that is ungettable by Home Depot and Lowe's and all these other things. They're like, just tell us what you need. We can get it. Because their extensive network is so deep, their product, their kind of uh, manufacturer relationships are so deep, they're never going to compete with Home Depot on who can paint your house quicker because it's way easier for most people and because Home Depots are everywhere, right? And that's not a dig on them, but you can just walk into Home Depot or Lowe's or something and you go, you go, here's this color paint I want, make it. Now, they can do all of that too and probably at the same or a better price, Um but where they've really made their bones is they're just absolutely bar none. Like they are the standard when it comes to customer service, particularly in that industry. So I think that like when it's a product like Coke or Pepsi, it's a preference thing. Quite frankly, I would imagine, and this is this is for a different scientific podcast, maybe Stuff You Should Know has done or should do an episode about how taste buds work, because I would bet you that there is a gen genetic uh, reason that some people like Pepsi versus Coke, salty or savory versus sweet. And I would bet you that there is a genetic reason why some people like Coke and some people like Pepsi. Now, certainly there are people that are going to be like, oh, I don't like their politics. Nobody cares. That has no bearing on what's better. Stop being a moron. So I, I would bet you that's, that's there. And if you really wanted to do a true blind taste test, as again, this particular piece of the article alludes to Coke did it, I think. And I remember these, I remember this commercial, like you've got the cans, you get behind a thing and there's a dude sitting on the other side and he's like, oh my God, I like this one so much better. And it's like, you know, okay, fine. <laughs> but maybe they like that better in a vacuum. Maybe somebody just left the Pepsi out a little bit too long. Quite frankly, there are people that like Pepsi. Uh, and I'm making this up, but go with me. That people that go, well, if I'm drinking out of a bottle, I like Coke better. If I'm drinking out of a can, I like Coke better. But if I'm drinking out of a fountain, Pepsi is way better. And I'm like, okay, because fountain drinks are carbonated to a certain level. In fact, if you go into McDonald's, the Coke machine is carbonated to a very specific level. And if you're at sea level, it tastes different than it at uh, it, at altitude. If you're on an airplane, ginger ale tastes way better. Ginger ale specifically because your taste buds open up and have a different flavor profile at 30,000 feet. So all of these things are objective measures, but can you really get a good objective measure of what's better? Probably not. So I, I think it, yeah, I think it's discriminating against rival products as the head, header of this is. You better have some objective data that speaks to that. And if you're not, especially if you're in a service-based industry, stop being a jackass and step up your customer service. Like that's where you're going to set yourself apart. If you're working with the same set of tools, if you got to get a diamond out of the ground, you got the same set of tools to do it. It's what you do with that diamond once you get out of the ground that's going to set you apart. 
Yeah, well said. You cannot bait and switch your customer service. Nope. You can't. <laughs> right? Oh, we have the best customer service, uh, and then like, you don't uh, answer the phone. I'm going to disagree with you right there real quick. Oh, I want to hear <laughs> it. So I know somebody um, who, this is uh, several years ago, and they were calling their former company, and they were like, hey, I'm going to go, and this is a... F- um, it was a it was a car company like it was a dealership <clears throat> and they 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 had a they were looking for a new car and they had been into their dealership or whatever they they had gone to the previous time and they go actually you know what and they were caught courteous enough to say hey you know what i'm actually going to go in another direction and the company who was their previous car dealer was super nice and then as soon as they were like no you know i think i'm really going to go over here they flipped like on a dime and we're just a complete prick not realizing that you know this isn't the last time they're gonna buy a car you could probably get that back (laughs) like just you don't have to burn the boats right you don't have to do that why do that and but that's what some people do they lose because there are people that are bad bad losers they're losers to be short like huge losers because they have lost but just take the L just because you've lost doesn't mean you have to be a loser, but the person that's going to come in like this car dealership and yell at somebody, what are you doing? Like now you've just ruined their relationship and their experience. You've ruined everyone they know. Oh, you're going over there. You probably don't do that. I digress. <laughs> yeah. Who's that's why I just, dis- <laughs> that's why I disagree. So you can fake it because people come in and fake customer service. It's, it's the saccharine sweet thing. It's the it's 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 the human sweet. version of bless your heart. Do you know what bless your heart means? In no. Southern, you don't know what that means. No, no, I I'll should. explain to you off the air. Okay, well <laughs> then let's wrap this up. Listen, there's a lot of things you can do as a company, as an individual, but really we're talking about marketing specifically. We're talking about advertising mm-hmm. today, and yeah, you can do bait and switch, right? You can have misleading images you can have false claims you, you can put your rival under the bus you know uh and and you can mislead people with deceptive pricing like is any of the words i've just said in the last 20 seconds sounded positive <laughs> have, have any of these tactics sounded like something that uh you would want uh any company that you that you're loyal to, uh, would you, you know, what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is this, right? You don't want to do these yep. things. Right? There's, there's nothing to be, there's only things to lo- lose, man. I just cannot speak <laughs> today. You can only lose when you do these yeah. tactics. Um, maybe, maybe not in the short, short term, maybe you have something to gain in that brief, you know, halcyon time frame. but, uh, yeah, just, just don't do it. Be a good person. Be a good steward to the world as a company. Um, and yeah, just just be honest. You're going to find mm. that more people uh, will respect you. And repeat customers are always uh, always cheaper to acquire than new customers, if you know. They are. And, and I think that uh, I would add, take a, take a step back and look at, put yourself in the shoes of your, your customer, your client. Just say, do, would I would I want to experience this? And again, there are going to be people that are going to go, would I want to die from taking Vioxx? Well, no, but we're going to make enough money that's going to offset that. If you're having that ethical conundrum, go play in traffic. But that's not an actual recommendation. Although, don't do that. Although, 
Don't do if you are one of those people that's doing that and killing people, go play in traffic. Come play in traffic in front of my house. Um, so I, I think though that put, putting yourself in that position, and I, I feel like I, I mentioned, I think last week or recently, maybe it was you and I talking offline, the difference between sympathy, sympathy and empathy. And I feel like people are trying, empathy is so overused, so overused today because not all of us have had that experience. So if you're trying to put yourself in the position of that person, you're faking empathy in order to, oh, well, I had this experience one time when my dog stepped on my foot. What? It doesn't, it doesn't apply. Stop trying to be empathetic. Try to be more sympathetic and try to relate. Try to still get that across and try to, I guess, udge whatever empathy you can have in there. But people try to relate. They go, well, I've never had that experience. Therefore, it doesn't apply to me. BS, dude. It does. If you feel like this is something that you would be pissed off if it caught you in that position, maybe just don't do it. It's not worth it. And you will not get those people as clients down the road. The damage that Volkswagen did there, I am sure cost them way more than whatever the settlement was. You know, you would think that Pfizer would have paid that, but don't worry. They're going to get theirs here pretty soon. So I digress. Anyway. <laughs> Yes. Well, well, thank you. And thank you for your insights and input today, dearest co-host of mine. Yes, uh, this has been another beautiful episode of the Mondo Solution. Again, uh, thank you guys for listening. Please be sure to share, like, and subscribe if you enjoy this content, if you enjoy the dulcet tones that ser serenade you on every Monday morning Ooh. at 5 a.m. if you're on the East Coast. Sorry, that was my dulcet tones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have dulcet tones. I fake them until I make them. And I don't make them. Well, we'll, we'll get Do there you later. bait and that, switch your dulcet better. tones with like a MIDI keyboard? No. <laughs> no. Yes. Maybe. There <laughs> you go. Yes. Uh, yes. If you have any topics that you would like to hear us diligently debate, please send them to podcast at trimondo.com. Uh, and as always, Thank you. Thank you so much. I really do uh, appreciate what you guys do for us. Thank you, Jordan. Which is everything. Appreciate it, buddy. Sign in that. Peace.